Hello and welcome to episode 202 of SMARTS, which as you know stands for Smarties Move and Remodel Tremendously Splendidly. I am your host, Julia Gulia of Internet Fame, Dash Podcaster, and with me as always is Trevor, aka Rudiger Q Podcaster. They're cheering for you. Don't gargle on the show. Yes, we are <laughs> We are back. Last week we missed an episode because we were moving, but now mm-hmm. we have moved and we are back. Yes. Hello. That's really all there is to it. Good to be back. Should we get into news? Mm-hmm. So only a little bit of news this week, and it all pertains to the uh, CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, and all of which I think you're already aware of. So there's been a, a series of um, short but exciting announcements. Mm-hmm. I would have expected more of this to come out of Comic-Con, but I guess maybe some of the the contracts are being are still being signed and the deals are still being made. So, uh, Cress Williams, I mean, as, as much as as much as confirmed, I mean, I guess you could say it's not like a one hundred percent confirmation, um, but it seemed like he basically out uh, came out and said that Black Lightning, at, at the very least, his character, if not other characters, will appear in the crossover. Whee! So it's the first time that that will be happening. Um, this this part seemingly came out of nowhere that Kevin Conroy, of <laughs> course, the Longtime voice of Batman from tons of animation will be playing, and I mean, you want to call him like, you know, old Bruce or old man Wayne or whatever. Basically, I, I, I'm picturing An like basically a Batman of- Beyond or at least like Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Wayne in the crossover. Yeah. Um, who knows how much screen time he'll get? Hopefully a lot. But I, I mean, I've got so many existing characters to serve. I doubt they're going to give a ton of screen time to a one off version yeah. of, you know, from some possible future or something. Um, and then finally, it was it was uh, mentioned, I think, on Twitter that Marv Wolfman, who of course wrote the original Crisis on, on Infinite Earth crossover back in the eighties, mm-hmm. w- is consulting on the story for the episodes. Oh wow! So he's not fun. actually—I don't think he's actually writing the scripts or anything. Although he has done some script writing for TV before. He wrote mm-hmm. some episodes of the uh, 2016 Titans cartoon and some other stuff that were based on, you know, again, mm-hmm. comics that he had written himself. Um, but he'll be consulting on the story, and so he'll probably get like a story by credit, like story by. Mark Guggenheim and Marv Wolfman or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so that's cool that they're bringing in the original creator to to have some say in things. That's really Probably fun. just like consulting on the characterization of right. the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor and Pariah and Harbinger or whatever other characters they're going to use that he created, Psycho Pirate. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think he created... No, he of course he didn't. That's a character that goes back to the 40s in the Justice Society. He just... What everybody remembers him from is being the Anti-Monitor's lackey. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's it for news. Just some exciting Crisis on Infinite Earths news. So this is this is building up to be the the biggest thing ever. I know that's crazy. So we have to wait till December, though. Unfortunately, I know this is like better than a blockbuster movie. Sometimes it's just it's just so much fun to look forward to, and all your favorite cast um, from different multiple shows are showing up in one place at the same time. Oh my gosh, I can't wait! I can't wait! I can't wait! So what was your comic of the week? So I picked Justice League Dark Annual last time. I didn't pick anything new this week that trumped it. And um, the reason I picked the Justice League Dark Annual is because it had an amazing story about um, the Swamp Thing. And I just really enjoyed it, how he encounters a being made of flowers in the way that he's made of plants. And this being is trying to figure out who he is because he's just been formed as an avatar of the flowers and apparently it ties into the fact that the parliament of trees is no longer and they've elected a new avatar the green has elected a new avatar based on the parliament of flowers choice and it happens to be a man who is 
suicidal after the loss of his child um, and then the subsequent loss of his wife um, due to grief pulling them apart in different directions. But he still loves his wife, and so he visits her in this state and uses his newfound power to try to make her happy by um, creating children, first one child that looks remarkably similar to the child they lost, and then subsequent children because he found that she is so happy to be a mom. But due to his nature, he is creating ephemeral beings, just like flowers are. You, You see them bloom, and then they inevitably die, and their cycle is completely... Um, predictable but also very swift and fast and that's not exactly what you want in uh, in cases where you're trying to raise a child you don't want that kid to be like okay well yeah you've been around for a few months good good on you now time to fade away no that's not how it works and so um, he discovers also that um, this flower man has basically killed himself um, and he saves the entire situation by um, reaching to the f- floor, the the flower man, and um, what is his name actually? The flower man. <laughs> I think he hasn't. He's not given a name in the comic, but it's yeah. not the flower man. Yeah, I don't know. The man made of entirely of flowers, uh, because the floronic man is actually in the mix too. But anyway, yeah. So the entire story is really good, and there's there are multiple revelations throughout, and it's about sadness and loss and. Mm, subsequent sadness and it made me cry and it it's a really good story and it was beautifully drawn as well so that's why i picked it for my comic of the week very good yeah i picked the same one really yeah (laughs) that was really good i mean i miss i miss the swamp thing series i mean the original uh, the original but i mean the original lenween series and the alan moore series but there there was a great new 52 series first by scott snyder and then by charles soul definitely one of the highlights i think everybody would agree one of the highlights of the new 52 era right up there with Snyder Capullo Batman run and one or two other things the Azarello Chang Wonder Woman run mm-hmm. um, some stuff that was done on Superman some stuff Grant Morrison did here or there but definitely one of the highlights of the new 52 era um, and then he hasn't really shown up much since here and there in Constantine and now he's got this role in Justice League Dark but hasn't really gotten much spotlight it's right. mostly been I would say Wonder Woman and Zatanna with a little bit of Detective Chimp and, and then Man, Man Bat and Swamp Thing yeah Constantine isn't Obviously. even on the team and he's gotten more screen time than Swamp Thing has um, so it's good to see some of that here and it was definitely a really good spotlight yeah so for our your pop quiz this week, oh boy! Uh, given some of the exciting crisis news, I thought, and this isn't the first time I've done this, but hopefully I'm not repeating any questions. I thought I would quiz you a little bit on Kevin Conroy. Oh, okay. So more to do with his um, non-Batman roles, and not oh, some, no. and also not so much his autobiographical details, which I think were the subject of a past quiz, but more his other roles. In some cases, DC related; in other cases, not. Okay. Okay, All I'm right. as ready as I'll ever be. Question number one. Conroy had a minor recurring role in what 90s sitcom? MASH, Murphy Brown, News Radio, or Cheers? Um, um, Cheers. Yes. Did Did you know that or was that just a guess? That was kind of a triangulated guess based on the timelines of those shows. Well, I think all these shows ran at least partially concurrently. I mean, MASH wrapped up in the... Late I know. It. I guess MASH was more of an 80s show than a 90s yeah. show. Yeah. But um, some of the others overlapped. I mean, Murphy Brown. See, the thing is, he's actually been on some of these other shows. He was he, he appeared in Murphy Brown, I think, once. So, oh, okay, cool. So As... they overlapped at least at least slightly. Do you See, know what I'm character interested. he played on Cheers? Nope. He was in two episodes. I, don't think, I think I've only seen one of them. So you know the character. You're, you're at least passingly familiar with the characters on Cheers, right? Yes. So you know the character of Carla, right? 
Yes. You know, mm-hmm. the one of the things with her is that she had several different husbands and every mm-hmm. time she had a husband, she would have like new kids. Yes. Right. And so she ended up with like 12 kids by the end, but all of her husbands kept either like leaving her or dying mm-hmm. tragically yeah. or whatever. Um, one of her husbands, the actual one that was like an actual good guy, I can't believe I remember this, but his name was Eddie LeBeck and he was a hockey player. Do you remember this? We actually oh. saw them meet. We saw them fall in love and get married and then he died tragically. Um but he was like the good one, like the one good husband she had oh, had. Wow. And Kevin Conroy appeared in a couple of episodes as a teammate of A. LeBeck. So he was like a Boston mm-hmm. hockey player, basically. That's funny. I think he's from Boston. Is Kevin Conroy from Boston or is he from New York? I don't Not know. Not sure. Anyway. I thought um, he was from New York. Could be New York. So that was who we played in there. I can't remember the name of his character, but I saw at least one of those episodes. That's funny. That's awesome. All right. Number two. Which TV series was he not a regular in? So all of these he was a regular in except for one. Okay. Was it Dynasty? Rachel Gunn RN or Tour of Duty? Dynasty. Correct. He had a minor recurring role in Dynasty, but he wasn't a regular. Whereas with the others, he was a regular. I actually (laughs) actually got the box set of the first season of Tour of Duty just so I could see him in a live action role. I think technically he wasn't credited as a regular, but he was in every episode of the first season. So I I give that to him as a regular. He was like, that's at that point, it's just contractual, right? Like you're not credited as a regular, but you're in every episode. So you might as well be. All right. Number three. Which other DC character has he never voiced? Okay. Mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne, Superman, John Grayson, or the Phantom Stranger? Oh, the Phantom Stranger. No, he did voice the Phantom Stranger. No, he didn't. Then it was John Grayson? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> no, he voiced John Grayson what? also. Yep. Then it was Superman? Yes, he's never played Superman. That's not true. You know why? Because he was Batman dressed up as Superman. But he's not playing... Clark but he Kent, was, you know, Kal-El uh, from Krypton. No, He's no, played, no, 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 Because to the rest of the world, he was putting on a Superman that's not, costume. You know what I mean. He didn't play no, the character of Superman. He played someone else pretending I to be Superman. That's not fair because to the rest of the world, they thought that he was Superman. No, and therefore, Kevin, he was playing But Superman. Kevin Conroy was not playing Superman. Kevin Conroy <laughs> was playing Bruce Batman Wayne playing Superman. Superman. That's a very different thing. But I thought you were going to be a dirty trick about it. And so no. that's the one I deliberately You're just traumatized from my many other dirty tricks. No, he played Thomas Wayne in at least one thing in Batman the animated series he yeah. played john grayson in an episode of the batman and he played phantom stranger in an episode of brave and the bold but he never he's never voiced superman to my knowledge i think i think there was a thing one time where uh where he was talking with andrea romano he's like you know it would be fun one time is to have i think mm-hmm. at the time it was tim daly like to have tim and i switch roles and have him play batman and me play superman and see like that wouldn't that be fascinating but to see yeah. what they would do with each other i can't help but think they would just kind of imitate each other i mean i know they're both great actors and they could do more with the role than just that but i think they've been exposed to the other's performance for so long yeah that they couldn't help but just in tap into like if tim daly's gonna play batman he's probably gonna yeah. Riff on Kevin Conroy, right? Like, what else? You know what I mean? Who knows right. if he's even seen any other versions of Batman? <laughs> anyway, I don't think he's ever acted alongside any other actor as Batman, you know, whereas Kevin Conroy has acted alongside other several Batman. other actors as Superman, you know, George Newbern, right, other right, people right. in here and there and various other projects. All right. Number four, last question. And mm-hmm. which of these video game projects was he not the voice of Batman? Okay. Okay. Was it, the Le- was it Lego Batman, the video game? The Injustice series of video games? The Arkham series of video games or DC Universe Online? It was Lego Batman. I think somebody farcical voiced that one. I thought that was Will Arnett. It was Will Arnett in the recent movie, but actually there were video games before there was a movie. Oh, okay. Um, And it wasn't Will Arnett, you know, in some random 
mid-budget video game. But no, it was somebody else. They actually, the Lego video games have gotten some of what we were considered to be the classic voice actors periodically, Clancy Brown, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy actually voiced Batman, I think, in one of the recent Lego Batman video games, but not in the original one that was just called Lego Batman the mm-hmm. video game. So good. So even though Yay. I don't think you really had any knowledge of most of those, you That's got three out of four. That's not fair because I didn't know that he did no, Arkham did you get and I no, didn't you know that he the... did Injustice. So I took a swing at the right. fact that it, for me it was a 50-50. DC Universe Online was cool actually because they pulled actors who had played the roles before but not all from what we were, in most cases, from what we were considered mm-hmm. to be, you know, the canon. You know, they got yeah. Susan Eisenberg. But they got Adam Baldwin who played him in that one Superman Doomsday movie to play. Um, I have such mixed feelings about Adam Baldwin. To play Superman. They didn't get Clancy Brown to play Lex Luthor but they got James Marsders who played him again in that Superman Doomsday oh, cool. animated movie. Cool. Um, but Mark Hamill, Arlene Sorkin, um, Kevin Conroy, yeah. Susan Eisenberg, I think, Phil Lamar, Carl Lumbly. Like, they got a lot of wow. the classic actors. I think it might have been... That's so cool. But they they pulled, they pulled <laughs> from, like, a bunch of different versions to, you know... Sure. The Injustice video games do the same yeah. thing. Like, it's George Newbern, Kevin Conroy, and, and Susan Eisenberg, but then Phil Lamar plays Aquaman. Mm-hmm. He plays plays him on Young Justice, and so you know they pull they pull from a few different versions. Right, but it's it's kind of kind of cool when they do that, like mix and match classic actors from different that's different cool. incarnations. Hmm. Yeah, that's it for the quiz. Wow. So let's move on to our show. So we've got a, a lot of finale related stuff this week. So we've I got, got like the, three out of four out of that quiz. Yeah, pretty good. Nice. So we've got the final episodes of this season of Agents of Shield, the final episodes of Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. um, and then more episodes of Krypton and Young Justice. So what, why don't we save? You want to save the finales for for last? Yeah. Okay. So Krypton, um, we're continuing to watch. So I'm I'm enjoying it. You're you're enjoying it less so, but I think I think you agree that the season is definitely picking up. Yes. Like there are inter- there's interesting things happening. I just I mean I grant you that that it's not the deepest show, but I think the the performances are across the board really good. I think the set design, the, the visual effects are great. Everything looks great. I think that the characters are interesting versions of the characters. Like this show could have been really bad, you know. And it, it, at at worst, I would say it's you know, not terribly innovative, but I think it's still, I think it's still good for what it is. You know, like the, the they've created a bunch of new interesting characters who mm-hmm. weren't in the comics, characters that were in the comics, like General Zod, Adam Strange, Brainiac. I think these are great. This one, I think this is one of the best. How many, how many live action versions of Brainiac has there been? Is this the first? I'd have to think about that. I think wow. it might be. Yeah. But this is a really great version of Brainiac. This version of Adam Strange, I think, um, from what I read, I think it was originally going to be Booster Gold. And this <laughs> version of Adam Strange is really more Booster Goldish than Adam Strangeish. You know, Adam yeah. Strange is like hands on his hips, Flash Gordon, Spaceman action hero, <laughs> whereas Booster Gold is the time traveling screw up, right? Yeah. So I think they kind of merged the two. They kinda, did merge. Kind of like how Ray Palmer. Because Adam Strange in this incarnation is actually not a screw up. He's just out. No, of but his you know what element. I mean. He's more of like he's more of like a, a wisecracking down on, down on his luck. Um, overlook superhero that doesn't you know that the other the characters don't respect. In, Whereas yeah. the preeminent space adventurer Adam Strange, you know, I guess right. you could say it's, an, it's like a younger version of him before all that and, and so on. But maybe that's um, what they were going for. What where else? Where was I going? With that? Oh yeah, but I was going to say it's kind of like how the, with the Brandon Routh version of Ray Palmer is really more Ted Cord than Ray Palmer. You know what I mean? Because yep. they were going to use Ted Cord, but then they couldn't. Right. Um, so I think it's kind of the same thing happening here. But yeah, I'm I'm continuing to enjoy it. I, I mean, I have no idea now that they introduced all these time travel elements and stuff. Like, who knows where it's going? Like, is General Zog going to be defeated by the end of this season, and the timeline will be kind of restored, or are things going to get even crazier? Like, yeah. Who knows? So I don't know. I mean, I'm still enjoying it. Um, Young Justice continues to be awesome. This, oh this recent God, episode so where um, where uh, Calder and his partner had to go into the X pit 
to rescue Nightwing and Black Lightning who had been imprisoned there by Granny and they yeah. were kind of brainwashed. Mm-hmm. And there was the whole thing with Overlord, which we kept cutting to and we're like, oh man, there's this massive like alien mm-hmm. creature Overlord. And then it's like, turns out it's this little guy in a box, which mm-hmm. is straight out of the comics where we saw it kept cutting to this thing and you didn't know what it was. And then the end of it revealed it was just this tiny little life form. Mm-hmm. Um, and Granny glimpses Halo using her powers yeah. And speaking the language of the ancient language of the mother box and then yeah. calls it uh, like Skype's dark side at the end. Yeah. Um, in a post credit sequence, which the show has Hardly never had ever, before. Yeah. Um, and says, oh, you know, master, great news. I found the anti-life equation. So I guess wow. that's, you know, yeah. you remember that? Yep. And actually, like, I don't think I've pointed this out to you before, but if you take the episode titles for every episode of this season, all 26 episodes, because they released the episode titles before the season even started, so you could look at the titles. Don't tell you anything about what's going to happen. You know, yeah. like these episode titles were Elder Wisdom, Quiet Conversations, and Unknown Factors. Like those don't tell you anything, right? But if you put oh. all the episode titles, Anti Life Equation, right? The, if you put the episode, all the twenty six episode titles in a row, and you look at the first letter of every episode title, they spell out Prepare the Anti Life Equation. Wow. So I think that's what we're building to is a big... And I mean, all you have to do is look at the opening sequence, which is basically like Apocalypse versus Earth with the metagene, you know, yeah. as the the yeah. crux of the conflict, right? So I think what this is building to has been set up... It was set up way back in season one. You know, season two ended with the introduction of Darkseid with Vandal Savage shaking his hand and everything. I think this is leading to the big, you know... Showdown. It's basically been eight years of Cold War between Earth and Apocalypse since the show started, right? right. I think there's going to explode into an actual actual hostilities by the end of the season i think that's what they're building to the anti-life equation you know is it going to be an invasion by dark side at the end or something and we've seen that in other stuff but i trust that they would do something wow. interesting what would be super interesting is if they did like final crisis or something grant morrison's story from the comics where dark side does get the anti-life equation he destroys all the other new gods and he comes to earth it's kind of like what's happening in the deceased series right now where he he comes to earth and he puts the anti-life equation out there and everybody becomes basically mindless Crazy, zombies yeah. except for people that were able to stay away from Screens. all all electronics yeah so there's only a handful of superheroes left operating in the hall and justice and everybody else are like anti-life zombies and they've got to figure out how to reverse the whole thing yeah I mean, that would be a super interesting setup for future stories, but who knows? Um, yeah, but I'm really enjoying it. What do you think of the, the, I mean, calling it a revelation makes it sound more s- sensationalistic than it is. Yeah. It was treated very matter of fact, very, very normal, very, you know, very mm-hmm. normalizing um, that, oh, by the way, because there was a montage at the end of the episode prior to this where we saw the happy ending where, you know, Halo returns, right? Like Vic is all better. It looks like Brion forgives yeah. Halo. You know, they embrace. And it cuts to Calder returning to Atlantis and embracing another man and then kissing him. And mm-hmm. we learn that, oh, as Greg Weissman and then later clarified on Twitter, that Calder is whatever term you want to apply to it, you know, pansexual or whatever. Like he, he identifies as male, but as far as like who he is attracted to, he is attracted to people of basically any gender, you know, mm-hmm. whether they identify as male or female. So far, he's only been in love with two people, Tula, mm-hmm. who was female, and this other character, Wind, who is male. But that's not to say that he couldn't also potentially fall in love with someone who identifies as non-binary, mm-hmm. right? So to call him simply bisexual would be too reductive. At a certain point, this is what always bugs me about this stuff, at a certain point, things just become so fluid that why are you even trying to apply a word to it anymore? Mm. And I feel like we're kind of getting, we get to the point when anything more complex than simple you know, one-to-one just becomes, like, why even bother putting a word on it anymore? Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Like, it is what it is. But at a certain point, you just, you're wasting more energy than is worth trying to put it in a box, right? Right. But anyway, but for the purposes of, like, making clear that he is 
sensitive to the concerns of that community. He mm-hmm. felt it necessary to clarify their intentions as far as the character was concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he suddenly came out as gay, you know, right, right. and it's like, oh, you know, I, he didn't really love Tula or he was just confused or something like right, that. Like, right. no, this is what's going on. And I thought it was handled with a lot of maturity in this most recent episode where they basically go on an adventure together. Mm-hmm. Wind is like, yeah, I don't really care about the surface world that much, but it's important to you and I want to share in all parts of your life and support you, right? And he right. says at the end, like, I don't really see what you see in the surface world. The only good thing that I see is the fact that you are here right mm-hmm. um and that's really interesting oh the other thing that's cool we find out that i was like is dr jace's mentor going to turn out to be like the brain or something like that and i was close right because <laughs> the, there are brains involved the ultra humanite right yeah. so yeah. big brain right just big, big brain. brain and albino gorilla body as opposed to just a big brain and like a skull robot monolith body right um so yeah guarded by a french and you know there's some gorilla. backstory there right like you know greg weissman on page 958 of his 2000 page young justice timeline has <laughs> got in there like exactly how she met the ultra humanite and why they know each other and how long she's been working with them and like i don't know how much of that will come out hopefully some because i'm interested in the backstory but yeah for all those people who were like hairbrush apologists and like like oh well she was just using she was concerned about violet and so she was using the hairbrush to get tissue samples to run it i was also listening on the well podcast and they were very like this there's stuff that's going on like in the way that she is um like gaslighting halo in a way she's like well you could tell brion you know if you want to worry him i guess you could tell him like she's just subtly manipulating her and and brion both into keeping them apart and trying to like you know like yeah, let break her them come down. to like, you like, yeah, yeah like like gaslighting them basically making their de- them dependent on her for emotional support and for information because when you think about it it doesn't make any sense that she was if she really was concerned about violet she'd be like yeah you know who is in the justice league steel hardware the atom right yeah some of the smartest people on the earth mm-hmm. like we should be telling everybody about this problem and yeah. pooling our resources right but that's not what she told her to do so even though you could look at her scenes on the face of them and be like oh she's trying to be supportive and she's doing like when you look at it in the broader context of this universe it doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't be going to bumblebee and the atom and all these other super smart scientist characters right, right? the flash who knows right mm-hmm. um yeah so i i i so that was an interesting revelation. It's kind of like, oh, <laughs> my mentor is actually this giant gorilla. But I mean, it's DC, so everybody knows a giant gorilla. Um, <laughs> that's, oh, that's let's see what else. Major. I'm trying to think. I mean, a lot more stuff going on with the uh, the self-proclaimed outsiders team, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like this this most recent episode was interesting because, like I said, this Cold War going on between Earth and Apocalypse. Like as soon as Aquaman shows up at Granny's house, like Granny knows why they're there. Oh yeah, and they know who she is. Oh, they, yeah. I'm not sure they know yet that she is from Apocalypse, but they know that this Gretchen Good is just a facade. They're just and finding the headsets out. Are, they're just finding out because remember in the parallel storyline where they were trying to save uh, save Vic from the uh, father box, Metron. Met, Met, yeah. Was it Metron that? Yes, they, Metron. Right. Well, he cracked a joke about Granny uh, doing something, and that's when they are when when Gar had a, a, a light bulb moment. He said, "Wait a minute, Granny, yeah. is that our?" Gretchen? But then there's also an element Goodness? of the right hand yeah. not knowing what the left hand is doing because Superman and Wonder Woman's team out in space actually fought Granny and her female furies, but they have no idea exactly. that there's a Gretchen good back. I guess Wonder Woman does, right? Because she's skyping yeah. in with her little. Secret yeah, yeah, yeah. six there, right? Yep. So I guess Wonder Woman might be like, yeah, this old lady in space sounds a lot like this Gretchen Good that you're talking about. So I think they're probably starting to put the pieces together. Yeah. Um, yeah, all that stuff is really interesting. So there's like six episodes left, something like that. So we've got one or two more that once a week, and then they're dropping the final four, you mm-hmm. know, around uh, the end of the month. Same, yeah. And then I guess the Harley Quinn series premieres after that. I'm trying to think of what's next on DC Universe. Certainly Titans is starting next month. So that's that's 
up next. But we've already, we're already getting trailers for the Harley Quinn series, so maybe that's after Titans, or maybe they're running concurrently, kind of like Young Justice, Sw- Young Justice and Swamp Thing did. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. We'll see. Um, so Agents of Shield, yeah, we have the last few so episodes of this good. season. I thought this was a really good ending to the season. Agreed. I wasn't sure where they were going to go with the Sarge character. It seemed like they were definitely going to um, redeem him. Right. It didn't, and and it, I, I I like it because it seemed earned. Mm-hmm. Like it would be really easy to introduce another character played by Clark Gregg and make it play him as if he's conflicted and evil for the first half of the season and then by the end of the season he's basically good old Coulson again right and they kind of made it look like they were going that way but then when they pulled out the rug out from under us it didn't really feel like a cheat it felt like right. yeah like they should have seen this coming right 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 um and I like the whole thing with with God. I keep wanting to call her Sky. It's been years, and I I can't shake that. With <laughs> Daisy. with Daisy trying to appeal to one side of him, and May trying to appeal to the other side. Yeah. Um. And their conflict about the ways they were going about it were perfectly rooted in their histories and their characters too, right? Like exactly. May is very clear headed about the whole thing, but she can't help but have certain hopes based on her relationship with Colson. And similarly, Daisy sees you know one thing in him and wants that, but she's more like. You know, she wasn't logistic, right? As as beholden to the Colson that was, and so she's like, "Oh, we should use him as a strategic thing, right?" Um, I wish there had been. I guess my only complaint would be like, I wish there had been a little more nuance in him at the end, because once he met up with what was it? What's her name? Ayala, Isela, oh, Izel, uh, Izel, yeah, yeah. I can never keep that name straight. Um, once he had the thing where he stabbed May and sent her through the portal, yeah. That whole last episode, he was basically like pure evil, yeah. And I wish there'd been a bit more like couldn't the couldn't the Colson aspect of there reared its head once or twice more in the yeah. end, maybe made him hesitate and in a way that was that allowed our guys to But they did. You know why? Because May said that you sent me through yeah. there knowing there, there that is that, but, life you, and death but that was not... really like if anything, that was subconscious on his part, right? right. I, I wish we'd seen a little bit more of like the Like Coles, where it was more addressed. Well, just one more moment of the Colson we knew like rearing its head and like staying his hand and he's about to kill Right, um, somebody. Mac or something, yeah. and that lets Mac get the upper hand on him. Um, I thought the effect where the, the Coulson, where like Clark Gregg was like, it's like it's like the guy in Men in Black wearing the Edgar suit, right? It's like the Coulson was like this particle effect that was applied on top of his weirdo alien body. Yeah. And you hit him hard enough, and the Coulson just sort of like sprays off of him for a second. You can see his creepy alien skin, yeah, and then it yeah. reattaches. Yeah. You know what I mean? so good. It was really cool, the effect they did there. I legit thought they were going to kill May. I thought so too. Um, I thought that I, they knew they were getting another season, so it's not like oh, it's not like last season they killed off Coulson because they didn't think they were getting more episodes. <laughs> right. I thought that like Coulson's gone. Let's give May this badass moment where she, you know, she tries to redeem this guy who looks like Coulson, mm-hmm. but then in the end realizes it's not him and is able to bring herself to put him down and and sacrifices herself to save. Like that would have been a good ending for her character. It ties up her arc with Coulson and right. she's able to put that to bed. She, sac- also, she goes yeah. out in this badass martial arts fight. You know what I mean? Yep. If she'd just been stabbed, run through and thrown through some portal and we never see her again, that would not be befitting her character. But if she died there in, in Daisy's arms, yep. having done everything she did in this episode, I feel like that would have been good. But then Gemma comes in with like a, a, a time machine and like, oh, we can, you know, we've we've been traveling through she time. Goes, for, she'll be fine. And she I'm looks like, different, what? right? Like she doesn't yeah. look 10 years older, but I get the sense these, they've probably been traveling through time for months, if not like a year or two. Right. And so they've got all this new knowledge and technology and like, oh, we can just revive her. We'll just like plug mm-hmm. her in. Um, and they take them back in time. And I guess now the thing is going to be that they're going to be traveling throughout important moments in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s history to gather information to find out how they can thwart the Chronicons that are coming to... Right. Destroy Earth. Yeah. And the... And resettle it. Well, this is... Because they decided that our Earth is a really good Chromacron 3 from 
their perspective. So like, like cr- no, Chromacron. Chromacron. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the convention where they all gather. Anyway. The, uh, so I, I think that what they're doing is going to be kind of like the kind of sounds like they're going to kind of do an Arrow season eight um, or Fringe season five, where the last season is very different. And in a way, it's kind of like revisiting the greatest hit. Because you know how it sounds like oh, Arrow season eight is going to be like the Monitor and Oliver traveling to different sure. like times and, and Earths or whatever to prepare for the crisis and we're going to see classic characters and classic moments from the first seven seasons of Arrow revisited as kind of like a victory lap or a farewell tour you know what I mean yeah Um, I feel like this is going to be something similar where we could easily see like they did in the framework like characters we haven't seen in years Ward you know Reed Diamond's character whatever he was called all the various bad guys that we've seen throughout the years you know Um, is and did um, Powers Booth didn't die recently did he am I am I just um, Am I imagining I that? I don't. I honestly, I, hope I, not. I don't know. Well, if he's still I alive, he <laughs> they could use him. Um, but yeah, revisiting moments. And of course, the rumor is that Haley Atwell and maybe even some of the other stars of the Agent Carter series might appear. Yeah, it'd be cool if be that. Amazing. It'd be cool if that were a through line. Like if she were actually a recurring character, we saw her in the forties. Yep. The sixties, the eighties, because we know she was working for Shield for a long time. She has as late as the eighties, yeah. right? Because the opening scene of Ant Man, she's there in like her sixty-five year old makeup, right? Yeah. Where D. H. Michael Douglas walks in, right? And that's right. her Howard Stark and that jerk that ends up being Hydra later, right? Yeah. That uh, Michael Douglas punches in the face or yeah. slams his face into the desk or whatever. Yeah, that was great. So we know she was working for Shield for the first the SSR, then for Shield for like forty years at least, right? right? So she could be cool if they're willing to do like age her up with makeup or CG for different periods. Mm-hmm. No matter, They could do a whole thing where no matter what period they go to, she's the constant. And mm-hmm. she remembers, she's like, oh, you, you need to go back to the 40s now. And like, and she's like their touchstone, but she's experiencing it out mm-hmm. of order. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. could do all sorts of cool stuff. And, and what else, you know, she loves playing the character. Yeah. What else, I mean, spoiler alert, she was in Endgame for a small role. Like everybody right. was in Endgame. It's not really a spoiler. Yeah. So it's not like she's done with the character. So right. I mean, I think that'd, that'd be, be really tremendous. cool. And if we saw some of the other characters from Agents of, uh, from uh, Agent Carter, that'd be really cool too. Um, yeah, I think it was a good ending. They got one more season. Um, like I say, it seems like this is going to be this kind of greatest hits thing. Yep. And uh, yeah, it seems like it's going to be, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So a Swamp Thing. Um, so with two episodes here, the Anatomy Lesson and then the final one, which was called Loose Ends. Yeah. Which I feel like is kind of That's meta. That's so funny. I know, I know. <laughs> um, the anatomy lesson was basically exactly what I expected, which yep. is Woodrow dissecting Swamp Thing and him discovering slowly that he's Actually, a, pla- a plant that thinks a plant. he's a man, not a man who became a plant. Yep. Um, right out of the comics. Um, that was a good episode. That was great. Um, but then the finale, I felt like they did as good a job as they could, but man, it was... They did a great was, job. It was, I think it was awesome. It was, I don't know, like it was like a, a beautiful car crash, kind of like, I think it was... <laughs> It wasn't, I'm what? not sure, well, I don't know, like, was it, was it, they did a good job, but was it a good, was it a good episode? Was it a good episode? Like, if you were watching this and you didn't know what was going on behind the scenes mm. and you're like, here's a 10 episode series, mm-hmm. right? And you yeah. just watch it in a complete vacuum and this is the last episode. Would you be like, what happened here? Like, they, did they just, you know what I mean? Like, did they fire all the writers or did they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they since you would know that something happened. Episode. Like, you would, oh, yeah. you would have, you'd be watching it and be like, why are they suddenly writing, like, characters just disappear yep. or they're written off yep. or they die suddenly for yep. no reason? Yep. Um, yeah, it's it was weird. You know what I was thinking? Like, it's not their fault, and I don't think that they were doing this on purpose. But it really felt like the female characters cut the short shrift in this episode. Did you notice that? Yeah. Because um, the police chief lady got stabbed through the back and died. Yep. Um, uh, Maria, is that her name? Yep. Maria, Maria. Sunderland um, got committed to an insane asylum, and then 
Madame Xanadu did something to her that basically like made her permanently um, hallucinate. hallucinate her daughter yeah. to make her ha- content. So that that's the end of her, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's one other example. I mean, Abby, you know, Abby is Abby. She she did a good... There's another... Was there one other female character that's just... I don't know. Like, I, f- I felt like the, all the female characters were the ones being either killed off or made insane or... You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, and then... And then um, Avery goes full-on supervillain at the end and yep. kills her and then dumps her body in the swamp. Yep. Um, swamp Thing and Abby have a moment at the end where they're like, yeah, we'll stay here and but fight it's crime. because nice the swamp gets him back. I guess. Well, well, yeah, but I think that's probably from what Swamp Thing did to him to revive him three or four episodes ago, right? When he put the little tendrils into him to heal him? No, that's not where it was from. Where was no, it from? It was it was just full-on swamp revenge. Well, what are you basing that on, though? Well, what are you... Well, I that's mean, the only contact he's had with the green, direct physical contact that him... I mean, aside from, like, walking in the swamp. Well, yeah, that's what but I Alec think Alec put enough. his tendrils into his body to, re- to, to heal him. I know, Do you but... think some lasting effect of that is more likely than just some random... Why would the swamp I didn't even connect it because... The, I mean, we'll the, never know, but yeah, <laughs> either yeah. one of us could be right. But I'm just thinking, like, why would he have swamp stuff in him? Oh, it must be when Alec literally put swamp stuff in him four episodes ago. That, was, that when, seems like the most or, Occam's razor. Or when he had been exposed to the swamp anyway. Yeah, but everybody's been walking. The whole show no, is about people was, walking like, around in the swamp. No, but he was, like, dunked in it. He was shot in it, and all that stuff was still in his yeah, body. Yeah, but, I mean, people have, people have drowned in that swamp. People have had this swamp. Alec has impaled people with trees before. Like, I think it's different when he actually, like, puts the green into your body to, like, prop it up and heal it like he did no, for he, Avery he earlier. he did that with, like, a chemical. Like, that was a that was No, a don't you remember, like, plant. Avery remember. was like, what's going on here? And he had, like, swamp tendrils, like, over his wound. I know, but he, uh, the way Alec explained it was that it was like a healing plant that uh, sucks the poison. Well, out sure, of you. but he also has no idea what he's doing at this point. Like Alec is like he doesn't really know how his powers work, right? Oh, so okay. I think it might have planted something in there. Who knows? I mean, the whole thing that was there for the first half of the season. I think that it was just the swamp getting back because he was saying that the swamp is borderline sentient. It's like it's got well, all these memories we'll and never all these know. agencies and stuff we'll like that. Never know. Like I think that was just like the swamp had enough of seeing him do bad things, and it was like, here you go. Or well, I thought better, it was setting it was, him up to just, have crazy swamp powers. you know powers. what it is? No, I don't think so. You know what it was? It was also the same green sickness that he had uh, imbued the citizens with. Because well, they know how to dumping. cure that now, so that's not really that big of a problem. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But if it if the swamp decides to accelerate it, you know, he could just, you know, be dead. Well, what I was saying was the whole thing from the first half of the season with whatever you want to call it, the rot or the darkness. I mean, they, they didn't, they barely even gave it a name. And then that's like, that's gone. Like they, for right. the last three or four episodes, that didn't even come up again. I mean, the last scene between Abby and Alec is like, you know, that darkness is still out there. Yeah, you're right. We should do something about that. Fade yeah, to I black, know. you know? I know. And then um, Blue Devil, just like he rides out of town. Yep. And I guess he's off on his own adventures now. Yeah. I mean, the stuff like that where you're like, wait, that character's just gone now? Like, you know, yeah. that would be like, oh, they're setting up another stuff for him in, in the second season or something. But, you know. Right. That's not really much of it. I mean, I guess it's an end to his arc. He couldn't leave the town, and now he could. Plus, he's got... And then Abby's best friend there gets powers. to be burdened with his shop. Yeah, which... I guess so. But that's a TV thing. Whenever people leave town, they always have to like leave their leave their business to somebody else. Because um, that's just how it works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it definitely felt... And then we get the post credit scene, which is not there to... Like, something tells me they shot... That was one of the things they shot after they were yeah. told to stop. Yeah. And it wasn't because they were like, oh, we'll set up some second season in case we get actually renewed. It's like, no. We know that people have been waiting all season to see the Floronic Man, so we're going to 
satisfy show them. that craving. It's like, yeah. yep, there he is. And yep. it's like, there he is. they did what Looking they promised good. and he's yep. gone. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, all right, and there he is. I think in this case, it was interesting because unlike with Swamp Thing, you have the same actor in and out of the suit. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I thought that was but, interesting. Yeah. I mean, but the, I, yeah, it would have been weird. If oh, well, now I remember the other character, the other instance of, of the female characters being just completely destroyed by the male characters. What happened to his wife, right? Like she, she ODs. And yes. then she spends the whole episode wide, in a, wide-eyed and catatonic. In a in a, catatonic not catatonic. Well, I mean, she's she's aware, waking, so she's not yeah. catatonic. But she's wide-eyed and unable to react in a chair. Yep. As she's she's force-fed, like Almost or about to be. Fed, yeah. But you know what I mean. And then yeah. Abby comes in, and, and he's like about to kill her, and then the cops come in, and like I don't know, like Abby's Abby's at the mercy of this guy. Yep. His wife is there, can't even move. She's like tied to a chair practically by this guy. Yeah. Um, Dying the, of the chief is stabbed and, and drowned, overdose. and then Maria is is committed to an insane asylum, and all the male characters are are like they're doing great, but all the female characters like catatonic. We didn't even see what happened to his wife. Like I'm assuming the yeah. police or the amb- some ambulance took her away, but he's calling her name and he gets put in the paddy wagon. She did and we get put into an ambulance yeah. for intensive care for her overdose. But I mean, you see what I mean? Like all the I'm not saying I'm not I'm not ascribing any any bad intentions or whatever. I think it's purely a result of the fact that they just tried to hurt like fast forwarded everybody's arcs to the end. Yeah. You know? And Avery's arc was to get like some planting inside him and these other characters' arcs were to die or to go insane or whatever. And like, yeah, it would have been they were gonna have all these things happen over the course of three or four seasons. Right. But they had had to all jam it into one episode and so it seems like a lot yeah. to happen to female characters in the span of 15 minutes, but it was supposed to happen over four years. So I'm not... Yeah, you know. but that doesn't make it better. Well, no, but the bad things would have happened to male characters too, but because they tried to jam everything into this episode, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not ascribing any blame. I'm just saying, like, it's nobody's fault except for the fact that they were canceled and they had, they had to hurry yeah. to rush a bunch of things up. So it's not... You can't say, like, oh, this is their true intentions or for these characters. No, this is just the most expedient way they could think of to wrap up their arc. So I'm not... I just, it just, I noticed it because it seemed like the female characters were all tied up or, or in danger or being stabbed or, or insane or catatonic. Yeah. And all the male characters were, were trotting around with superpowers and, and, uh, and getting off scot-free. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it, they How did. How interesting would it have been if, I'm sorry to interrupt, if, if they had reversed Avery and what's her, the cop lady's name? It'll come to me in a second, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, well, the police chief there. How Lus- interesting would Lucinia? it have been? Chief Cable. We call it Chief Cable, right? <laughs> it was Lucinia or something like that, right? Lucille, maybe? I it wasn't know. Lucille. It was Lucinia or something like All that. Right. Well, it would have been interesting if, if she had played him for a change, if she had gone along with his idea for a proposal and pretended to be uh, in on the plan and then yeah, but they stabbed kind, him they in the back. They kind of already that did that. Great. Like That was what she and Maria already did to him, pretend to go along with his plans and then double cross him and leave him for dead right well, if they'd done that been, again it well seemed... it would have been it would have been better for her character to i don't know subvert or to expect a betrayal because although she was well she did she didn't trust him thing, so far as she could throw him she just didn't expect him to be somehow in the back of her car like no matter how much you distrust someone there's no there's no amount of preparation apparently. i don't know i just would have i would have felt better about it if she had sort of taken him out before he took her out because there was really no motivation for that to happen that would have been his comeuppance yeah, I mean, maybe that's what would have happened if they'd gotten more seasons, but because they knew they had maybe. to wrap everything up here, they didn't want to have the big villain of the show get taken out by some cop. Better to have him... There's no some cop. She's great. I know, but it's just like, it would seem anticlimactic, whereas him killing her seems out of nowhere, but it doesn't. But her killing the big villain of the season over 
you know, a lover spat basically would seem, I don't know, anticlimactic in the final episode. So I, I, I kind of see I why they why they didn't do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever, I mean, I don't think it was, it's not like the show in 10 episodes became some cultural phenomenon and books will be written about the behind the scenes turmoil. So we'll probably never know. I mean, maybe they'll do some interviews or something and say like, oh, this is what would have happened with this character or that character and this is their plans. I mean, we have these reports that they had a three season arc plan that would have ended in like basically a Justice League Dark style event. Um, and now we're obviously never going to see that. I mean, I guess there's a chance. Oh, imagine it, if they got Matt Ryan. I guess there's a chance that they could. I mean, just because Swamp Thing was canceled doesn't mean they can't. I mean, they still have, they still like the actors. They still like the producers. The reasons why it was shut down, if the if the reports are to be believed, is purely financial. Yeah. So there's no reason why they couldn't do some spinoff that has some of the same characters and actors, just film it in a different state, right? Yep. yep. Um, get, get Blue Devil and Madame Xanadu and whether you, even get Swamp Thing and Abby, or if you can't even get them, just get a couple of the minor characters they were building up in this. Right. Phantom Stranger, yep. Blue Devil, Madame Xanadu, move them over into a new show with a couple of other new characters, call it something else, shoot it somewhere else, you know, yeah, yeah. cut the budget by half or whatever. If you know going in you've got less money, that's not as much of a problem as if your budget gets cut by like 90% when you've got four episodes left to shoot. Yeah. Um, and they could still do it. So yeah, it's, it's not like they lost the rights to the character or the actors all walked out on them or something. Like, they, they could salvage something from this. It just can't still be this show, you know? Because yeah. if they tried to revive this show, I think there's probably be contractual or, or budgetary things that are tied up with the way it was originally structured that can't be unraveled. But they could do some new thing with some of the same plot threads. You Even know? In so we might we might form, see... Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they, 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 that's what they tried to do with the Matt Ryan Constantine, right? I and they actually brought it back in live action, yeah. too. But, yeah, I don't know. Um so yeah, I guess it's possible we'll see more. I mean, DC Universe is looking for content, right? And they have actors, and they have actors that and characters that the fans responded to well. Yep. So it, it, you know, it would be short sighted of them not to try to get something out of it, even if it's like they could even do like a movie event, right? Like do a two hour thing that wraps up some of these threads. Yeah. Call it Justice League Dark, you know, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. and bring back some of the same actors and have it take place in you know, <laughs> Vancouver instead of. I mean, there's water in Vancouver, right? There's wet stuff. You could swamp yeah. thing could live there. It's on the it's on the it's on the coast. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I I enjoyed it. But it it was like it's, it's funny because it's like coming after the episode anatomy lesson. Like I feel like watching this episode was like di- trying to dissect the show, and so you're not you're watching it, but you're also like watching yourself watching it. Like I'm watching yeah. it on a meta level where I'm like. What are they trying to do with this scene? Like, why were they forced to do this scene? Why were they forced to write that line of dialogue and not enjoying it as an episode? So watching it was sort of like the strange out-of-body experience that you don't normally get when a show is canceled and you watch the last episode. And you're like, oh, that's too bad, but that was a really good ending. But knowing that it was cut down, but they had just enough time to, like, film one more episode is sort of this weird situation that doesn't normally happen, even when a show is canceled. Like, you get a show that they do a season. And they're like, will we be picked up or not? And sometimes they know before they wrap the season. Other times they don't, right? And they get picked up or they don't. But either way, you know, at least you have an ending for that season, right? Right. But having it ended in the middle of the season and yet the writers have just enough time to try to wrap it up is something that doesn't happen a lot these days. Normally they put a season out there and then it's either renewed or it's not. So it's, it's an interesting situation that resulted in sort of a weird Frankenstein kind of episode but uh i think that i think they did a good job but it's i'm not sure that it really on its own merits is a, is a fantastic series finale yeah, yeah. you know because i think if you were to watch it under normal circumstances you'd be like why are they because things are just happening really fast and for seemingly no reason you know like the, yeah. things are set up but they're like that was like 
you because you're trained like in real life sometimes things happen really fast for no reason but you're trained as a tv viewer like they're not just going to have this character all of a sudden be it's like they writ it's like half the cast got written out of the show you yeah, know what i mean that's kind of what it feels one, like go, you know yeah. what i mean exactly yeah because that's kind of what happened yeah. yeah so i don't know it's too bad but it, it is what it is. I mean, at least Doom Patrol's coming back, Titan's coming nicely. back, Young Justice is coming back. It's not like DC Universe. I mean, the the question that that got some people started asking when this news broke is, you know, with this new HBO Max service coming out from Warner Media, is DC Universe long for this world? And then the first trailer or whatever you want to call it, sizzle reel for HBO Max showed footage from Doom Patrol. So people are like, are the DC Universe shows just going to be absorbed into this new thing? And what does that mean for the DC Universe service? Apparently, Jim Lee has been like, you know, there's going to be some content sharing, but they're going to do their thing and we're still going to do ours. Like DC Universe isn't going anywhere. There was even a thing this week where um, he actually, in a very frank manner that, that top executives don't normally do, said, yeah, we're really disappointed with how our digital comic sales haven't been growing over the past few years. Like digital comic sales, like, you know, people buying them on Comixology have kind of plateaued. Like we were expecting it to start off as 1% of the market then become 5%, 10%, like digital music sales, right? Or digital movies, right? Instead, it's seemingly stalled out at probably 15 or 20% or whatever it was last time, you know, they put numbers on it and it hasn't really been going anywhere. And I think, and what he hopes is happening and whether this is what's actually happening or not is that people, and unlike what happened with digital music where it went from physical stuff to digital sales and now to streaming, right. that with comics, it's basically skipped a step. And we're going straight from physical sales to a little bit of digital sales, but not really in state, straight to the equivalent of streaming, which is like what you get with DC Universe, where you pay a, pay a fat, flat fee every, you pay a fat fee, yeah. <laughs> you pay a flat fee every month and you get all the comics you can eat, right? Like the, as the people love to say, the Netflix of comics, right? It's basically right. what DC Universe is, Marvel Unlimited, Comixology Unlimited, that we basically skip that middle step. I don't know whether he's right. I don't know whether Marvel Unlimited and, and DC Universe are going to get enough subscribers to eventually become close to 100% of all comic book consumption, that the only way, the, the, the basically the default way to read a DC comic would be to subscribe to DC Universe. Like that's not even their business model right now because DC Universe doesn't even get new comics until six months after they're published. Right. It's more of a back catalog service. That would need to change, obviously, right. if this becomes the new way of getting comics. I only mention it because... In light of, you know, HBO Max and everything and is DC Universe going away and will all these DC originals just become part of this new streaming service and you won't be able to get DC stuff on its own anymore. I think that becomes less likely when DC looks like they're pinning all of their, I mean, maybe that's hyperbole, hopefully not all of their hopes, but is looking at things like DC Universe, i.e. paying a set fee every month and getting all the comics you can read as potentially the future of their entire distribution model as opposed to a la carte purchases, be they at a physical store or on something like Comixology. So I think that makes DC Universe less likely to go away if they're looking at that and saying, you know, this is where we want to funnel people, you know, less towards buying a comic for three bucks and getting a file and more towards this sort of thing. I mean, that's where TV shows are going, right? That's where, I don't know, movies are, I mean, there's all sorts of Netflix original movies and things like that. I mean, obviously movies are still released in theaters, but you're seeing all these new stories about how the only thing that people are going to see in theaters anymore are the big blockbusters, and all the smaller movies are just going straight to streaming, right? And people yep. are watching them. It's not like they're not getting any, making any money that way. They are. They're making arguably more money than if they just got some art house release and some movie theater in five, you know, some theater in the village, and nobody goes to see it, right? Um, so it's working for movies. It's, I mean, mu- it's arguable whether it's working for music because artists are making a lot less money with streaming music than they did for digital music sales, but 
you know, it is becoming very popular and the market will presumably adjust and the money will be there eventually. Um, it just remains to be seen if comics will go that way too. It seems to be where all, all media is going. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean DC Universe as a service will survive for a very long time. It could be that the DC Universe originals or the equivalent thereof become part of HBO Max and DC Universe just becomes a subscription comic service without the, any of the video content. Mm. Um, I mean... It is, a, it is a little bit of a, a weird Frankenstein of a service because Marvel Unlimited is you pay a certain amount of money and you get all the Marvel comics. That's it. There's no, you know, you don't watch Daredevil on Marvel Unlimited. That's on Netflix, right? Like right. all the Marvel original shows are on Hulu and coming up Disney Plus or they're on ABC or Freeform, right? They're not in some app that only, I mean, I guess Disney Plus is going to be an app, but you know what I mean, right? They're not in the right. Marvel app. DC is unique in that they're putting all of their wood behind this one service for their original content for original youtube series yep. for community engagement and for comics um so I, I could see a future where the original the original video stuff goes on hbo max and dc universe just becomes a, a subscription comic service presumably for a reduced price right um i don't know but it, it does seem like the service itself isn't going away it's a long way of saying it seems like the service itself isn't going away anytime soon and they certainly they've if it were going away i don't think they would have renewed young justice just a couple of weeks ago they right. wouldn't have renewed doom patrol um, they've got the Stargirl. I mean, the Stargirl series that is showrun by Jeff Johns, like one of their top guys. It hasn't is still months away from even premiering, right? That right. hasn't even premiered yet. So I think that there's still. I think DC Universe is going to be around for a while, and so hopefully that Swamp Thing will make some sort of return. Yep. It doesn't seem like its cancellation is the is the first indicator of the service itself ending, like people were worried about when it first. These the scuttlebutt first came out. It seems like it's more of an isolated incident, just due to weird, yep. you know, budgetary concerns for the one thing. So, yeah, yep, yeah. That's it for our shows. Wow, good bit of shows. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, so if you want to reach out to us, uh, we have an email address: mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our website is www.smartspodcast.com. Our Facebook is facebook.com/smartspodcast, and on Twitter we are at smartspodcast. And now that we're back from our move, we will be resuming with regular weekly shows. Thanks for bearing with us. Um, yeah, do you have a funny sound for us? I do not. How about... That's right. Swamp thing. <laughs> <laughs>